Jonathan Shuttlesworth with you in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you feel called into the ministry, we just launched Revival Today Bible Institute. Had our first in incoming class, and we're about to do another intake. It's $2,000 for the entire year. We're going to train them up in what they need to know in the Bible, what they need to know legally, what they need to act in the ministry. If that's you, the information is on the screen right now. I'd like to hear from you. Don't pull it off. I'm Jonathan Shuttlesworth, and I'm waiting for your call. Welcome back. I'm your host, Evangelist Taylor Michael, and it is very good to be back with you today. You're going to want to stay to the very end of this video because I'm going to teach you how to read your Bible. Believe it or not, there's a lot of people that don't know how to read their Bible, and you'll probably find out today that you might have been reading it wrong the whole time. But if you stick around to the end, I believe you're going to get exactly what you're looking for today. And I'm going to teach you exactly what the Bible says about reading the Bible, how this changed my life and how it's also going to change yours. As you're joining me today, give this video a thumbs up, subscribe if you have not already, and send this to three people exactly. Someone that you love, someone that you kind of love, and someone that you need to pray to God to help you love. Amen. I want to walk you through the basics of reading your Bible. When I first got saved, I had no idea where to begin. I didn't know how to read my Bible. I didn't even know where to start to read my Bible. But the Lord showed me these few things, these four keys that I'm going to show you today that helped me to read my Bible. I want you to type in the comments where you're watching from and type, I will read my Bible. The Bible is the word of God. There's only one thing that God exalts above his name. And it's his word is what Psalm chapter 138 verse 2 says. His word he exalts above his name. Reading and comprehending God's word is the most important aspect of your Christian life outside of being born again. If you will, turn in your Bible to Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. Somebody type that in the comments and I'll say good morning to Amber. Good morning to Acacia. Good morning to Zoe. Good morning to James, Patricia, Amy. I saw Mercy on here. Good morning, everyone. We got people in Texas, Atlanta, Georgia, Michigan. I love you all. North Alabama, God bless you, Kyle. God bless you, Robin in Finland. Zimbabwe, God bless you. God bless you, everyone that's jumping on here. I will read my Bible. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, it says that God's people destroy themselves due to a lack of knowledge. A lack of revelation knowledge is actually what causes destruction in the life of Christians. It's not the devil, although the devil has something to do with it. It's actually Christians' inability to understand the word of God. God said that the devil is underneath your, foot, or underneath your feet. Jesus said, behold, today I've given you all authority over all the power of the devil. So if we're Christians and we have all authority over all the power of the devil, how is it that the devil still steals, kills, and destroys out of people's lives? Well, because of this one problem, a lack of knowledge. My people destroy themselves due to a lack of knowledge. The Bible says that Satan goes around like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. Type this in the comments. Type, I will not be devoured. Satan is looking for people that he may devour. 
which means he doesn't have legal right to devour you unless you give it to him. But when you learn how to read the Bible, you learn how to exit the devil out of your life forever. The Bible says you will resist him and he will flee from you. He will no longer steal from you. He will no longer kill things in your life, people, friends, family, you. And he will no longer destroy the plan of God for your life and your destiny when you learn how to read the Bible. So number one key to learning how to read the Bible is you must be filled, baptized with the Holy Spirit. I want you to write that down in your notes. You must be filled or baptized with the Holy Spirit. You get baptized with water. That's the believer's baptism. John said, I baptize with water for repentance, but there comes one after me whose shoes I am not worthy to untie. He baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So you must be filled with the Holy Ghost. You must be baptized in the Holy Ghost and speak in other tongues. When that happens, the Bible becomes a brand new book to you. Before I was filled with the Holy Spirit, I struggled to read my Bible. But the moment that I asked God to fill me with his Holy Spirit, I said, Jesus, baptize me in the Holy Ghost with evidence of tongues. I had people lay hands on me. I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I began to speak in other tongues. And all of a sudden, the Bible came alive to me. So you must be filled with the Holy Ghost. Smith, Smith Wigglesworth, a great man of God, he once said, some people like to read their Bible in the Greek. Some people like to read it in the Hebrew. I like to read it in the Holy Ghost. So when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you read the Bible in the Holy Ghost. Type this in the comments. I will read my Bible in the Holy Ghost. And make sure if you're just now jumping on, you give this video a thumbs up and you share it with somebody. Point number two, how to read your Bible effectively. Once you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost, the next thing that you must do is ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. In the book of Ephesians, Paul said, I pray that the Father of our God, or that the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ would grant unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Revelation knowledge, meaning that God's word comes alive to you. When the spirit of wisdom and revelation comes upon you, then the Bible becomes alive and active in your life. Hebrews 4.12 says God's word is sharper than a two-edged sword. It is actually alive and active quick and powerful. It cuts between carnal things and spiritual things. It even cuts between bone and marrow. So God's word has the ability to separate natural realm from spiritual realm. But you must ask the Lord for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. You just pray, you get alone with God and you say, Father, I ask you today for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And there's two prayers that you can pray for this. The Ephesians 1 prayer. Someone type this in the comments for me. Ephesians chapter 1 and Ephesians chapter 3. So Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 15 through verse 23. And then Ephesians chapter 3. Starting in verse 14 through verse 19. When you pray those prayers every day, God will enlighten the inner eyes, your inner man, your spirit. 
He will enlighten you and open up God's word to you. If you pray those every day, you will not be the same person that you were when you started. Verse 17, Ephesians 1.17 says, That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him. So He gives you the spirit of wisdom and revelation of who you are in Christ. And then you begin to read the Bible with totally different eyes. Verse 18 says, Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule, all authority, all power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of all who fills all and all. When you pray these prayers, you become a different person and God's word becomes illuminated to you. This is how you read the Bible. So number one, you must be filled with the Holy Ghost. When you are filled with the Holy Ghost, number two, you ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And then number three, which I actually started with, but we'll, we'll go back to it. You get wisdom and revelation of God's word because he said in Hosea four, six, my people destroy themselves due to a lack of knowledge. So when you're filled with the Holy ghost and you pray to God for the spirit of wisdom and revelation, he then grants unto you revelation knowledge, and you are no longer destroyed. Point number four, how to read your Bible. Here's a practical tip. Start in the Gospel of John. John, the disciple, was the closest disciple to Jesus. He knew Jesus in a deeper level, a deeper realm than anybody else did. Everybody else gave lineage, Jesus, the son of Joseph, well, the son of God, but born of a Virgin Mary, son of Joseph, like Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They all, they all give more natural realm of where Jesus came from. John is the only one in chapter one that said, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. John the beloved was the only disciple that knew Jesus at the deepest level. He is the word of God. And he also got the revelation from the book of Revelation, the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. So read the gospel of John and then read the epistles, Ephesians, Well, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. My pastor calls it God's electric power company. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. The Gospels, Pastor Mark Hankins says it this way. The Gospels were written for you. The epistles were written to you. The Gospels are a picture of who Jesus is. The epistles are an x-ray of who you are in Christ. So start in the Gospel of John and then read Galatians, 
Galatians teaches you who you are now as a seed of Abraham by your faith in Jesus Christ that all the promises and blessings of Abraham have now been bestowed upon you. You are the head and not the tail. The promises of Deuteronomy 28 and Malachi 3 now belong to you. All the curse of the law has been obliterated. For the Bible says in Galatians 3.13 that Jesus became a curse on that tree. And it says in 2 Corinthians 5.21 that he became sin who knew no sin so that we might become his righteousness. So you learn your identity in Christ by reading the epistles. Ephesians teaches you who your identity is, that he raised you up even while you were still yet a sinner. He saved you and then raised you up together with Christ. And then Philippians, you read about the Philippian church. Paul gave direct revelation to them, being givers to the ministry, how God blesses you when you're a giver in the ministry. And then Colossians talks about in chapter one, how God delivered us out of the kingdom of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of light, which is his glorious son. So read the epistles to find out who you are in Christ. Read the gospels to find out what Jesus did for you and how to operate like him. That will help you tremendously. These are the four keys that you must put into practice today to learn how to read your Bible. And very quickly, I want to pray for you right now. And before I pray for you, I want you to go to Galatians chapter 6 with me. And then we're going to pray together. So stick around to the end, because this prayer is going to help you. Galatians chapter 6, starting in verse 6. I want you to listen to this. Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Verse 7. Do not be deceived. So pay attention to this. Anytime the Bible says don't be deceived, you need to pay attention to what it says so that you're not in deception. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. I want you to type that in the comments for me right now. God is not mocked. God is not a man. He doesn't lie. He's not the son of man. He doesn't change his mind. If God said something in his word, he will bring it to pass. He's not mocked. It says God is not mocked. Whatever someone sows, that will he also reap. God implemented sowing and reaping. When you give, Luke 6.38 says, it is given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. When you are a generous person and you give generously, you will always receive more than what you give. Jesus actually said it is more blessed to give than it is to receive because the blessing stays with the giver. The blessing stays with the giver. God is not mocked. Whatever somebody sows, that is what they reap. I've told you a lot of financial testimonies before in my life. When I connected my finances to the kingdom of God, my life was never the same. I used to live in lack. I used to not have enough. I used to, it was like God supplied my needs, but I was in lack. I didn't have enough all the time to pay my rent. There were a couple times where I was late on bills. I once lived in a time where I could not afford life, but I knew that the reality was Jesus came to give me life and life abundantly. So I knew that wasn't God's perfect will for my life. So I started giving tithes and giving offerings. I began sowing and I began reaping. I want to show you some real life testimonies 
just a couple. If I, if I had them all, I wouldn't be able to fit them on this table. But I brought some today because I was stirred in my spirit to share this with you. Because many people, they might say, well, I've been given, I've been tithing, and, and I'm not seeing a breakthrough. Number one, change your confession. The Bible says you will have what you say. So you just say, thank you, God, my breakthrough's on the way. Thank you, Father. I'm a tither. I'm a giver. I know the windows of heaven are open over my life. I know you are pouring out a blessing on me that is so great, I don't even have enough room to store it all. You start speaking like that. But I want to show you this. Because I started in a tiny basement with a ring light and a phone doing live streams. Now we've got a nice state-of-the-art studio with very good equipment, and we're only getting better equipment. We're only moving up. We're going to get more stuff. We're putting a ton of money into this studio and you're helping us. But I want to show you something. About a year ago, I was involved with another church, which I'm not going to speak badly of them or anything like that. I love the people there. So this isn't like a knock at them. There were a couple people that that caused a little bit of a problem, but that's not what I'm getting at. But I bought my friend. It was her birthday. And I, I said, you get whatever. She really likes shoes. So I took her to the store and I said, we were all together at the mall, big group of us. I said, you know what? You pick out any pair of shoes that you want. And this was a very nice shoe store. Like the the cheapest pair of shoes was $100. So she picked out these nice, I don't even know what she got. They were like lime green, beautiful Air Forces maybe. I can't remember what she got. But they were beautiful. She really liked them. They were like $350, something like that. And she was nervous at first, but I said, no, it's, it's your birthday. I'm going to buy you this for your birthday. So I bought her those shoes. When I bought her those shoes, she wore them to church the next Sunday. And people started smack talking. Oh, Taylor spending money from the ministry on buying her shoes, which number one, I didn't spend it from the ministry. I paid for it out of my own personal account. I blessed her with the gift that she wanted because the Bible says it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. So I sewed those pair of shoes into her. It was her birthday. I wanted to bless her. So I got her those shoes. Never before had I ever had somebody just give me a pair of shoes. Right after I bought her those shoes, somebody gave me these Balenciagas, which just to tell you, they're $1,000 shoes. I think they're $900 right now. This exact pair. If you look them up, I know they're dark. It's kind of hard to see them. These are Balenciagas. I had never received any pair of shoes before. Right after I bought those shoes for her, the Bible says, whatever you sow, that is what you reap. I got these. Somebody gave me like three other pairs of shoes with these Nikes, diesels. I got like $1,200 worth of shoes. Just this past week, I got blessed with these Gucci's. I never thought in a million years I was going to wear Gucci shoes. But now that I have them, I'm like, glory to God. This is the nicest pair of shoes I've ever had in my life. All because I bought somebody a pair of shoes. Last year, I remember getting my buddy Kate a wallet. I got myself a Tommy Hilfiger wallet, which isn't like a bad wallet, but I got him one that looked just like it. Tommy Hilfiger is a nice wallet, but I just got blessed with this. I don't know if you can see it. It's kind of dark. There it is. Louis Vuitton wallet. I just got blessed with this this week. Out of nowhere. Blessed with this Louis Vuitton wallet, which is much nicer than my old Tommy Hilfiger wallet was. What you sow is what you reap. I also bought my buddy a watch and I'd given a few watches away. And when I moved down to Louisiana, my pastors blessed me for my birthday with this beautiful watch, which is like, it's nice. It's heavy. It's nice. It's a Tissot 1853. 
beautiful green face. It's a beautiful watch. And this Seiko version of a Cartier, which is also a beautiful watch. Seiko is my favorite brand to watch. And like I said, I could show you testimonies like that all day long. But the reason why I'm showing you these testimonies is because it's real. I'm literally living in it. And I felt in my spirit that I should show you this. Whatever you sow is what you reap. Those are just like natural gifts. When you sow finances, you reap finances. I've told you time and time again, there's been times where I've taken big seed. This year, I was able to give my pastors three times the amount I was able to give them last year. That's how much increase I've received. AJ just typed in the comments, I sowed my Apple watch to my dad and got three watches sewed to me. Exactly. What you sow is what you reap. I wanted to show you proof to inspire you. This isn't to like show off my shoes and my watches and my wallet. I don't care about that. I'm very thankful for them, but it's to inspire you. I'm showing you that it's very, very real. What you sow is what you reap. So I want to pray for you that God does miracles in your life, that your seed multiplies tremendously unto you. I'm going to pray for you, but before I pray for you, I'm going to give you an opportunity to give today. On your screen, you can see the different ways that you can sow into this ministry. Currently, we're feeding 1,500 kids every single month in other countries through an organization called Feed the Hungry. What a blessing. We started at 30 kids. I remember a little over a year ago, I started feeding 30 kids and it was a stretch of faith. And then we moved up to like 100 and then 300 and then 500. And now we're feeding 1,500 kids every month in other countries. And we have 12 other ministries that we partner with on a monthly basis each and every single month. We started with one. And now we help 12 other ministries financially. So I want to ask you to ask the Lord what he would have you give to the ministry today. I encourage you, connect your finances to what God is doing here at Revival Way. You will genuinely be blessed by it. The Bible says when you give, it is given back unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You will always reap what you sow. So I encourage you today, be inspired to sow and sow big. I remember the first time I gave my pastor $1,000. Within like two or three months, I had $30,000 come back to me. $30,000 from a $1,000 seed. So I encourage you. There's people that are watching me right now. Some people can sow $100. Some people can sow $500. Some people can sow $1,000 or more. Other people can sow $50. It's not about the dollar amount. It's about the proportion of where you're at. So I encourage you today. Ask the Lord what he would have you give. The different ways that you can give and you can join our ministry financially are on your screen. Cash app is dollar sign Revival Way. Venmo is at Revival Way. PayPal is at Revival Way. And you can click a link that's going to be in the chat right now, which will take you to our website, RevivalWay.com. And you can give. You can give through that link. And I encourage you, click that link and become a financial partner with us. Even if it's $50 a month, $100 a month, some people give $1,000 a month. But I believe God's going to send us 200 regular monthly partners that are going to connect their finances to this vision. We are reaching Generation Z with the gospel. 
We've reached over three or 400 million people. I think 400 million people on social media now through different platforms. So you can help us out by sowing into the ministry. And we're very, very thankful for your giving. Every dollar makes a difference. Amy said she started sewing into children's orphanage and out of nowhere, she got a refund from the state for overpaying taxes for 15 years. Wow, Amy, that's a great testimony. There's another uh, a woman that sent $1,000 into this ministry and a couple days later, the Lord blessed her with a promotion at her job. She got a $10,000 raise. What you sow is what you reap. Amen. So as you're giving, I'm going to pray for you. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, the way that you've blessed me tremendously with phenomenal testimonies, I pray that every person under the sound of my voice today receives testimonies just like these. Thank you that you bless the giver. Every person that is generous today when they give, angels of increase and favor, go and bring them a mighty harvest. Ministering spirits, go cause the money to come. Satan, take your hands off of everybody's money. In Jesus' mighty name. We give you all the glory. We thank you, Lord, that it is you that gives us the power to generate wealth. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, everybody, for your giving and for partnering with us. You're making a big difference. I believe God is sending people that are going to send $1,000 or more to this ministry. I've been claiming someone's sending us $1,000, $2,000, $5,000, and somebody's sending us $10,000. So if you feel that, bear witness in your spirit. We're very thankful for your giving. And I bless you. Well, I'm thankful for you. I want you to join me again tomorrow at 11.30 a.m. You do not want to miss tomorrow's live stream. It is going to change your life. Make sure that you give this a thumbs up and you send it to somebody else that needs to hear how to read your Bible. I love you. I bless you in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. And I believe you're going to receive testimonies just like the ones I just shared with you. Adios. Jonathan Shuttlesworth with you in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you feel called into the ministry, we just launched Revival Today Bible Institute. Had our first in incoming class, and we're about to do another intake. It's $2,000 for the entire year. We're going to train them up in what they need to know in the Bible, what they need to know legally, what they need to know in the realm of economics to make impact in the ministry. If that's you, the information is on the screen right now. I'd like to hear from you. Don't put it off. I'm Jonathan Shuttlesworth, and I'm waiting for your call.